0: of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Look at this. Now this is what you call on the spot insiding right here. Doogie with his playoff tie on inside target field right now for a little scoop session here on Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. What is, we haven't let fans in yet, right? We're still uh, three hours away from first pitch, right? So it's all pretty quiet right now. It is relatively quiet. Good to see you, Phil.
2: Judd, Declan as well. I've been here for, God, way too long. I've been here since about 10 a.m. because I had to do an 11 a.m. live shot locally here in the Twin Cities on Channel 5, the ABC affiliate, and then just did a hit right after the noon hour you know, eclipse you know, went by and I did something on 45 TV. So I've been here far too long. Had a nice conversation during the midday newscast My 11 a.m. hit with Derek Falvey, Twins president of operations. So yeah. I'm ready to rock and roll, but yeah, first pitch is still, what, three-plus hours away.
1: So I've got a a lot of time to kill, so you boys can take as much of that time as you want. So no no, uh, shock. The good good news is that Royce Lewis is going to play through the hamstring, which we both were at the press conferences uh, yesterday, and I'm not surprised about. He's going to DH, not play third. Byron Buxton is not on the roster. Keep in mind, if the Twins do end the 18-game losing streak, he could be on the roster for the divisional round. Uh, but I think the roster pretty much played out to what we thought it would. And um, the only thing that I find to be interesting for game one, I guess, Dukes, is that it's going to put Polanco at third because his bat, obviously you want in there, but that's the only like trickle down fallout that I think is an interesting storyline of this whole thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, Ryan Jeffers starting a catcher, not a surprise, but yes, in an ideal world, Polanco at second, Lewis at third, Julian, the DH now, I'd be happy to have a debate about Willie Castro versus Michael A. Taylor in center field. Like, I don't know if I like Willie Castro on the bench here in game one. Now he may end up in the game, middle of the game. So, you know, it may change, you know, relatively quick after the first pitch, but starting lineup wise, we could have that debate, but yeah, no surprise Mm -hmm. with Byron Buxton, not having real in-game action outside of what like four at bats, five at bats at triple a St. Paul. It's not a surprise. That he's not on this initial 26 man roster. On Royce, I will say, Judge, you and I were both on the field on Monday afternoon. It is clear hamstring injury, incredibly tricky. I've talked about this with Cody Lindenberg, who to me is the Gophers' second best defensive player. Tyler Newbin, then Cody Lindenberg of Anoka. Well, Cody was trending to play September 16th against North Carolina, actually did stuff in practice that week, then doesn't go. And actually didn't practice the next week, doesn't play at Northwestern, didn't play against Louisiana. So just it tells you the trickiness. I get a different sport, but the trickiness of a hamstring injury clearly. Just watching Royce field ground balls at third base in the batter's box, also taking some swings because those batters wanted to hop in. So Royce took some swings earlier in the day. But with the shadows, the shadows are going to be an issue at 345 this afternoon. Royce wanted to get some hacks in the batter's box but it's pretty clear like he's not moving like you're accustomed to him moving. So my question is if he puts a ball in the gap, you know, how is he running to second? And if there's a chance to stretch a double into a triple, how is the running going to impact him? Because I'm just telling you the hamstring definitely is not 100%.
0: Interesting. So yeah. What do you, it's, it's an interesting gamble because on one hand it's a three-game series. I know that the Twins have lost 18 consecutive of these things, but like a one-game, it's a co- it should be in theory be a coin flip between the Blue Jays and the Twins, regardless of whether Royce Lewis plays in an individual game. I think if you played 100 games without Royce Lewis, it's a big deal, right? So on one hand, you could give him a few extra days rest, try to just beat the Blue Jays two out of three without him, and then maybe he's ready to rock and roll for the divisional round. But if you put him out there, and you know he hits a ball in the gap, it's the sixth inning. He's trying to stretch it into a double, and he reaggravates, and now he's out for the month. It's just I don't really have a question, Duke. I just think it's a really interesting calculated gamble by the Twins to just say he's not ready fully because he's not playing third base and he's probably not going to sprint out of the box, right? But we're but we think his bat is valuable enough to maybe hit a ball over the fence in the series.
2: Well, yeah, I mean I think that's exactly it. He hit a ball over the fence. Late last week, you know, these conditioning type, I don't want to call them games but Josh Winder, Jordan Balazovic, and Jorge Alcala, you know, middle of last week, Alcala ended up in Denver eventually for that final series against the Rockies. But those guys were pitching to Royce, to others, target field, you know, some guys got some working over at CHS field as well. So, yeah, I think that's it, Phil. That, yeah. You know, so many of these playoff games come down to, you know 213243 two, and the difference is a ball over the fence that there is a belief that Royce can do that you know whether it's today tomorrow or if needed a game 3 but like to me if if you're comfortable enough with the idea that if a ball goes to the gap that he's going to find a way to get to second base or even potentially third base why not just play him in the field play him at third base you know how many times is a little dribbler going to occur Fielding a bunt that if you're relying on him I mean, to run the bases, why not just put him in the field? I think they're. Concerned. I'd love to hear a medical expert differentiate between the two because if you're okay with him running,
1: you know second base, third base, why not just have him feel his position? I think they're concerned about him going like r- ranging though, because because that because fr- if you run out of the box, it's one step and boom. If you if you try and move laterally there i think that's the, the, the concern at least that's what i read initially hey how about this because i love this one and it, it, it's it been on twitter quite a bit how about pablo lopez showing up in a johan Dude. santana jersey who was his hero as a kid and of course go back to october 2004 the last starting pitcher for the twins to win a playoff game Love it. um pablo lopez he's sort of flat line like he seems like a really good guy but he's sort of flat line But I like like how he's wired, if that makes sense. I love how he's wired, right? And
2: he feels like not going to Denver. He did not travel with the Twins to Denver. That's staying back here, you know, not having to deal with the altitude. That he got his work in here at Target Field Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That he feels refreshed. He is ready to go. Now, he has the one prior postseason start, but it was 2020. It was the COVID year, right? So I don't know how much stock we can put into that one start. With no fans in the stands. But yeah, I mean, I fully expect Pablo, especially with the shadows, that sweeper, best of luck picking up that ball out of his hand. But I do think Pablo Lopez is going to fire bullets today. Now, if you want to have the debate, Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez, who should have started game one, I'm all ears. I'd listen if you said, hey, Sonny Gray should be starting today, not Pablo Lopez. But this is the way it's been all year. Lopez in front of Gray. So I have no problem with Pablo Lopez starting this game today. And I think as we look back in four or five years at this four-year, 70-something million-dollar extension that the Twins signed Pablo to, I think we'll look back and say, wow, that is one team-friendly contract. I get it why Pablo took the money, right? I mean, that's life-changing money. You don't turn down money like that. But I think we'll look back and say that was one heck of a shrewd decision by the Twins front office.
0: Yeah. And and, uh, I've seen some of the comments Pablo has made, you know, the last couple of days. And then going back to you had a conversation with Ryan Jeffers, I believe, last week and Kyle Farmer. They're leaning into this, you know, Pablo, I'm paraphrasing Pablo, but I believe it was his his pre-series press conference yesterday. And he said, listen, obviously, we weren't around for the duration of the 0-18, but the fans were. And that's kind of what I wanted to hear more from the twins over the years, which is. The fa- like the fans that go to the games and that sweat this team to dismiss the 0 and 18 is to sort of dismiss the fans, and I, I like that you've got some team leaders here that are just kind of leaning into it, wearing the Johan jersey, showing up at the ballpark. You know, I is that is that your sense that, that like this is probably the the most leaning in I have seen a Twins team during the streak. Uh, I can't think of a close second. I guess what's your read on it?
2: Yeah, I mean they're embracing the 18 game playoff losing streak now truth be told outside of jorge polanco max kepler you know byron buxton isn't on this initial round you know roster so i mean we're talking about just a couple guys that have experienced any of these losses and of the 18 phil what's the exact number of losses to the new york yankees
0: i actually have is it 11
2: is it 12
0: i think i have the list of our guy scott shapiro just tweeted this list out i mean it's it's one two three it's double
1: digits right so it's at least 10 of the it's, 18 are to the New York Yankees. It's five elsewhere, right? Oh, yeah. Three to Oakland, two to the Astros and 20. It's three five Oakland elsewhere. Yeah. In 2006, and I think everything okay, else so has been. Okay, so 13
2: of the 18 yeah. are to the Yankees, right? Now, if it was the Yankees here today, you know, maybe they wouldn't necessarily be embracing it. But, yeah, they're absolutely embracing the 18 game playoff I mean Michael streak.
0: Michael Kay's doing the game Michael and Rod and
1: A Rod doing... is there is this a jinx De- in fact, of some in fact
0: sort? De- Declan talked to Michael Kay Michael Kay was doing his radio show from our studios yesterday and uh, Declan actually talked to him in the hallway yesterday
1: <laughs> I did I said hey Michael you know there's uh, a lot of Twins fans who aren't feel comfortable with you and Alex Rodriguez calling a Twins playoff game and Michael pointed out to me they said that's true but the last time the Twins won a playoff game they were facing A Rod yeah that's true So, which way do you want to look at it
0: yeah.
2: that would have been 2004 shannon stewart mm-hmm. what leading off certainly in the lineup mm-hmm. i would imagine leading, leading off, off yeah. cory koski my guy at third base lou ford jock jones tory hunter
1: I michael kadiar was, sec- was the second
0: michael kadiar was the second baseman in that game nine
1: hundred thirty seven days ago 991 weeks ago 18 years 11 months and 28 days since Dude. october the 5th 2004 Man, that's yeah. I mean, just call spent. it 19
2: years right i mean we're just about 19
1: sense. years six thousand nine hundred plus days is pretty damn impressive
2: Dude. now here's the thing if they somehow which these games are toss-ups right i like the matchup against gossman because they've had some recent success against gossman but If you don't win today, and I talked to Paul Molitor, how about that for a name drop? I had a nice conversation with Molly on Monday. He called today a must win. Like, he thinks if they lose today, yes, in theory, could they win game two, win game three, win the series? Of course they could. But Molly's point was there will be so much chatter about a 19-game playoff losing streak tonight all the way up until first pitch at 340 or 338 tomorrow afternoon that at that point they won't be embracing the losing streak, it'll wear them down. So Molly pretty much said, hey, like, you need to win game one. But, like, what's next? If they somehow lose today, lose tomorrow, oh,
0: if the losing God. streak
2: gets to 20 with Lopez with Gray on the mound, then what? Now, hey, for what we do for a living, we root for storylines. So, like, I can accept the storyline but, but, like, but, like that. But, like, that how would is be that incredible fodder. Like-
0: how is that any more incredible than, like, the last three? You know, even I, th- I thought it had kind of run its course four years ago. I'm ready for it because to just be over.
2: we've all talked, Phil. Like, and I don't think there's disagreement. The way this roster is constructed, this is as good a playoff roster as they've had in a while. Yeah. I get it. They set the home run record that Atlanta tied this year in 19. I understand that, right? But looking at the pitching staff, one through 26, right, that this roster is better set up, they just about any of these for the Twins going back a really long time. So I'm just saying if they somehow lose today, lose tomorrow, then what?
1: Well, and and Dukes, don't forget, too, that that um, Game 2 has a fantastic storyline because Jose Barrios is going to start for the Jays. Jose Barrios, who actually pitched well in 19 and 20, but is still part of that streak, is going to be on the mound in an absolutely pivotal game in game two so like there's a there's a lot of interesting you know when you talk about rooting for storylines there's a lot of interesting storylines at play here
2: yeah absolutely and jose looks to be ready to go i exchanged brief pleasantries with him in the bows of target field early this morning he was on his way to the press conference room to address the assembled media yeah i mean i wasn't sure could it be chris bassett in game two could it be kikuchi Right, I wasn't sure if it was a lock that Barrios would go game two, but yes, Barrios game two. We don't know who they'll roll with in game three, if there is a game three. But I would imagine Bassett. I, but I you think could Bassett, make a case for the lefty Kikuchi. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love it. You know, just bring on the additional storyline of Barrios going in game two. And Phil, when I say I'd embrace that storyline if it gets to twenty, if they're swept, when we've all thought this is their best chance to mm-hmm. at least end the streak. You know, but, hey, also maybe make a run at least into the second round against the Houston Astros. But, hey, I'm all for let's see them win a game or two. Let's see them go to Houston. Houston was not that good of a home team all year. And I get it. Verlander set up to start game one on Saturday. But trust me, if the Twins can beat the Blue Jays, I would take my chances on Saturday, game one in Houston. I just think you can make a compelling case for any of the six teams in the American League to get to the world series
0: yeah well now if you want to
2: give me some resistance on texas fine i'll listen a little bit on texas but i really think just because of texas's offense you can make a case for texas but you certainly can make a case for baltimore definitely for houston definitely for tampa and definitely to me the toronto blue jays and minnesota twins
0: see but see that right there is if we weren't rightfully so so obsessed with just winning a game and breaking the streak I think the, the bigger conversation, and that's like if they can win game one, then the bigger conversation turns toward this is about as wide open in the, as the American League has been for the duration of the streak, right? Like there's no, there's no, I mean, the Yankees had the second highest payroll in baseball this year. They had a $279 million payroll. They're not in. The big bad Boston Red Sox with, you know, what, three, four World Series championships during the streak. They're not in either. Now, Texas and Houston have big payrolls, but they also have a bunch of flaws, and you know there's reasons why those teams had to grind it out just to get close to 90 wins this season. So if, if they can just get over that first hurdle, I do think pretty quickly we turn toward, okay, how far can they go in a pretty wide-open American league? Then you consider
2: that it's not a done deal that Byron Buxton doesn't come back at some point <laughs> this month. Hey, I think Bailey Ober, I get it. He's way beyond his innings limit, all that. I still like game three, and I like Joe Ryan. And Toronto hasn't hit home runs like we thought they would hit home runs this year. But to me, there's still a fear factor. If you're a Twins fan, heck, a Twins employee, whatever, that Joe Ryan against that Blue Jays lineup, does he give up two or three home runs on Thursday? That I could make a case that Bailey Ober should be the starter on Thursday, but he won't be. Right, but he could be the potential game one starter not the roster, on right? Saturday, if not game one, then game two on Sunday. So you think about the roster changing moving forward, you know, Joey Gallo, no, right? But the two to me would be Ober and Buxton.
1: The most important thing though is is this in the past five games, so in the Baldelli era of playoff defeats, I believe this team is averaging one point four runs per game. So that that's I, actually other than the Dobnik atrocity in 19, um, the starting pitching, they've they've had their, their starts cut short, but they have not been bad. Like the ERA of the starters in these past five defeats has not been bad. Uh, this is all about one thing. Can you generate, and, and like in a game three, let's say Joe Ryan gives up three solo shots. Can you generate runs yourself? That to me is the absolute paramount thing because that's in, in Rocco's era of losing playoff games, it's actually the bats that choke more than the pitching that chokes.
2: Yeah, I mean the easy thought is well, Randy Dopnak started a game two at Yankee Stadium and it it's was the awful, pitching. Yeah. No. You're right, Judge. Yeah, I mean, okay, that day, but you look yeah. at the totality, right? It is. It's absolutely the offense. Now, Phil, you can probably speak to this better than I, but you can run on the Toronto Blue Jays. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but you can steal a base mm-hmm. against Toronto. I'd like to see the twins running game. Get going today. Don't hesitate to send some of these guys. That's not why... Rice
0: Lewis, not Rice Lewis,
2: though. No, no, no,
0: not Rice. No, oh, God. not oh, Rice.
1: God. Oh, God.
2: No, but like, you know, if Julian leads off the game, right, consider yeah. it then. You know, certainly, you know, if Taylor reaches base, you know, batting ninth, he can. You know, if Willie Castro comes in later in the game, he certainly can. I would not, my point is, I would not hesitate yeah.
1: to run against this Blue Jays pitching staff. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that that there's a fighting chance that we might see a late game defensive flip flop switch here of Polanco to second, Julian out, Castro at third, and Castro can I I like the bench in it, the sense that I think they've got some components there of guys that maybe can't come in and hit a home run, but they can do the small things, and yeah, it's it my does. it's my humble opinion that in playoff baseball, the small things win you games. Well, also think a about it, so.
2: Yeah, well, like I'd that. like to see it. Yeah, I want to see it. But like on July 13th at the All-Star break, the Twins were what, 24th in baseball and runs scored. Mm-hmm. They finish top 10, right? Maybe it was just 10th, but Tenth. Yeah. they jumped up significantly July 13th on second best record in the American League from July 13th on best record in the American League in the month of September. To me, there is something to be said about the Twins playing their best baseball here when it matters most. Yeah.
0: Hey, real quick, I we've kind of touched on it, but just now that we've had a month of Buxton trying to get back and we'll see what happens in the, if, if they advance the next round, but he's not healthy enough or they don't trust it enough for him to be here um, on this 26-man roster, what is his current medical condition? I mean, is, are we, is it just the guy's got chronic arthritis in his knee and it's just currently too painful? Like, Is, is, the, is there anything sort of deeper or beyond that that you can tell us, Dugs?
2: Well, I mean he got that cortisone
0: shot. He's been feeling okay all things considered. I mean that knee is
2: going to be an issue moving forward, right? Yeah. I mean that's undeniable, but in this moment, my understanding is he's feeling okay. Now he wasn't out there during the, you know, media session yesterday for for the workout, but he has been getting work in, but that was a telltale sign when he wasn't out there in front of our eyes that he wasn't going to be on this initial roster, but My understanding is, like, he's feeling okay, right? But the conundrum for the Twins is, you know, they knew probably a day or two ago, wanted to make sure that Royce was okay this morning, but had a sense going back a few days that Royce was going to be the DH. So if he's the DH, right, Right. you can't really feel confident putting Buxton in center field. So that was the conundrum. Where exactly does Buxton fit? You know, he hasn't seen Major League Pitching forever. So you're going to use him then in a key spot, 7th inning, 8th you know. inning, bottom of the ninth as a pinch hitter? I have a hard time seeing that. So as you think through different scenarios, where exactly did Buxton fit in? And that's why the Twins left him off this first roster.
0: Hey, Before we get to some other stuff here, here's the good news. If they do lose Game 1 and Kevin Gausman is lights out, Cody Finch and Finch Home Solutions can help you turn those lights back on and fix your electrical problems, Judd.
1: Oh, my God, that's such a great transition. And you'll see that van Bam. pull up to your Bam. house, and you're going to be like, yes, yes, the fix oh, like- is here. It's my ace. Do you know what? Finch Home Solutions, Bye, when it comes right, to a—, right, a- when it comes to electrical problems at your home, Finch Home Solutions, it's it's not only the ace, it's the closer as well. And I'm talking big or small. I'm talking an outlet being replaced. I'm talking your entire house being rewired. Finch Home Solutions is going to take care of the problem. Fast, efficient, courteous, all of those good, good things. So good that they came into Sports Dad's house and I opened the door. Very few people allowed. In in this house, Dukes once was as well. Declan, no go so far. Yeah, 612-357-2604 or finchhomesolutions.com. finchhomesolutions.com. Uh, Cody is a huge fan of the Purple. He's a huge fan of making sure that your house is safe. And, of course, if you call them, say, the guys from Score North, Purple Daily, The Scoop, whatever you want, say, we told you to call because, you know what, Finch is going to fix any problem you have.
0: Dukes, what else do you have? We can move on from, from twins here. What else do you have in your scoop bag for us? Anything? The Vikings got to win. Hey, the Vikings got to win. They're on the board here. Josh Oliver with a big game, big free agent signing. Um, Anything in your Vikings bag you like to throw out here?
2: Well, and Marcus Davenport was really, really good. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what the Vikings envisioned. That's why there was some frustration earlier when he couldn't push through that he only plays the four snaps in Philly And wasn't ready for the Chargers game. But you can see when he's on the field, he is capable of being a difference maker. I will admit, I was very surprised that Dalton Reisner did not play. I will tell you, my senses, Reisner was surprised that he did not play. Just based on the work he put in, Wednesday practice, Thursday practice, that Mm -hmm. there was a belief, maybe not starting, right? As I maybe thought on Thursday, but that there would be an opportunity for him to get in the game that I'll admit, right? But I also sense from his side of things, there's, you know, a little bit of shock there that he did not get in. But I'll continue to say, you know, he'll touch $3 million, right? They didn't pay him $3 million to be a backup. So it remains when, not if, that Dalton Reisner gets in for the Vikings. But, you know, based on the running game success again, you know, going back to weeks three and four, you know, I guess I wouldn't be surprised at this point if come Sunday against the Chiefs, if that first snap, if it's Ed Ingram in there, not Dalton Reisner. But I can just tell you, he 100% was ready to go in Charlotte.
0: Okay.
1: Interesting. I'm, you know, uh, to, to combine scoops with our Thursday reckless speculation, I'm not so sure that when Dalton Reisner plays, it's going to be at right guard. Ezra Cleveland, I he's a free agent. You know, Phil pointed out in the PFF grades against Carolina, he was not great. Ingram, yes, he screws up, but he's their guy, and I think he's making strides. I think in the run game, it's fair to say Uh, he's definitely. So I'm just saying, be prepared. Don't be completely shocked if, if a guy who's played left guard for his entire pro career replaces the left guard and Ingram gets left at right guard. I just have a feeling that that could be, I think the Vikings are going to be much more likely to replace a guy they expect to lose than they are going to be to replace a draft pick who they might think is making gradual improvement. Reckless speculation. I'll tell you, so
2: Wednesday, Thursday in practice, this isn't reckless speculation. Reisner got work at both left guard and right guard. So it wasn't just exclusively at right guard. Mm -hmm. I will also tell you, if you want to put this under the reckless speculation umbrella, fine, but
0: here, Is hold on. Going I just want to, sure to want to make sure you're safe. want to make sure you're safe. speculation. Okay, there
2: you go. Going back to July slash August, Ezra was available. Now, I don't sense any trade got super close, but his name was thrown about a little bit. Like, he was attainable if it got pushed a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And there just hasn't been any traction, by the way, on any sort of contract extension. Not like there's ever been any sort of active talks on that front. So, Judd, I wouldn't rule out what you're saying. You absolutely could be on to something.
0: Interesting. Um, so, okay, there might have been a Jaden McDaniels contract comp that uh, hit, the, hit the wire yesterday. Are we looking at like a $30 million a year price tag on Jaden McDaniels going forward here?
2: So, Phil, I'm glad you brought this up. So, if you go back to mid-July, I did a social media video alluding to 21 to $24 million a year. What I didn't account for was thinking more about the Jada McDaniel side. Sure, in a negotiation, you know, you start low. The Wolves were hopeful to get a deal done months ago in that range. Yeah. Now you look at, and this was even before Monday's Devin Vassell extension with the San Antonio Spurs, five years, one hundred and thirty-five million dollars. He can reach one forty-six by hitting some incentives. So you think about Devin Vassell. Is Jada McDaniel's better? And Devin Vassell, we can have that debate, but they certainly are close. So Jada McDaniels, bottom line, is not signing for anything less than what Devin Vassell just signed for. Because of this, if you look at the amount of teams that will have cap space next July, and if you look at the free agency class, it's not strong. There absolutely is an offer sheet out there for Jada McDaniels that will touch $30 million a year. Oof. So, yeah, the Wolves can match it next July, right? But, like, if you're the Jaden camp, I think you're okay getting to restricted free agency if the Wolves don't want to pay up right now. The Wolves know the price of poker. Paying him 24 or $25 million a year on a five year deal is not going to get a deal done. The deadline is October 23rd.
0: He's not good enough for that right now. I think you'd be hoping well, I don't that think he's
2: used, right? I could argue he's good enough. His usage rate, the way he's used, right? That's fair. That's I mean, a fair standing point. in the corner, I think there's more to his offensive game. I really do. But mm-hmm. the way he's been used, and if you look at their cap situation moving forward, right, and I just don't know how much he'll be on the ball moving forward, you can make a case, the way the roster is currently configured, that yes, he is not a $30 million a year player. But in the big picture of the league, I think he is a $30 million a year player.
0: Yeah, it'd be super interesting to see How that shakes out. Uh, All right, any uh, final scoops here before we send you back into into target field here for the Twins' first playoff win in 19 years?
2: That's it. Tom Kelly throwing out the first pitch today. TK's dealt with some stuff health-wise, going back a little bit. So really, really happy to hear that TK is in a good spot to throw out that first pitch this afternoon. Awesome, man.
0: Awesome. There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. Scoops. Every Tuesday and Thursday here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. All right, Doogie, we'll uh, we'll see what happens here in a few hours.
2: Love it. Love you, boy. See ya.
0: Here he is, uh, dude, reporting live you. on the scene at Target Field, gentlemen. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll shut up, get this thing posted for you guys, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back with a little Twins vent line on the Scornarth YouTube channel after the Twins beat the Blue Jays today.